0: going to be running the government. He's just going to be sitting in a home someplace. <laughs> and people are going to be running it for him. Your response to the Is president? Is that the stable sir? genius saying that? <laughs> Oh, give me a break. God love him. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to resist saying what I feel like saying. No, go ahead. I, I don't don't resist it. Go wait. ahead, Mr. Vice no, President. No no, 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 I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to try to, uh, uh, you know, assign names and insults to the stable genius. Uh, this is a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to run the country. He, he is making us mo- more unsafe the way he's responding to the coronavirus. He has done very, Virtually nothing well that i can see and so i can hardly wait to debate him on stage i want to i want people to see me standing next to him and him standing next to me <laughs> we'll see who's sleepy you yeah. <laughs> mr vice president thank you thanks for your time please come back in less than 13 years sir all right chuck thank you very much uh, all right uh, it's chris I mean, but anyway chris. i just did chris <laughs> no no I, I i just did chuck I tell you what, man, these are back to back. Anyway, no, I'm glad okay. you do it early in the morning, too. Safe sa- tra- tra- sa- travels on For the sa- campaign trail. Thank you, sir. Thank you.
1: There's really a Joe lot. Joe Biden to... is a dummy. There's really a lot to unpack there. Mm. First of all, there's a the hilarious Trump clip at the beginning. Can we hear just the beginning? <laughs> that Trump thing is pretty funny. From his rally in South Carolina oh. the other night. Joe's not going to be running the government, he's just going to be sitting in a home someplace. <laughs> And people are going to be running it for him. So that's kind of funny.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. To that point, before we uh, move on, if I might, uh, a couple of things we mentioned earlier this morning. Number one, if Bill Clinton got into the race right now, he would be the youngest Democrat running. Yeah, because Buttigieg is out. Right. And Pete could run again in 2060. 2060. And be younger than Biden and Bernie. Just barely but younger that doesn't seem like it's mathematically possible it doesn't seem like a good idea but it is what it is so on it goes
1: so then chris wallace does the michelangelo thing where biden says uh, chris chris wallace says, you have any response to that you know hoping to get some good smack on his show yeah. he gets a bunch of yep. clicks and that sort of stuff Biden says, oh, is that the stable genius? No, I'm going to hold back. Come on, go ahead. No, I'm not going No, go ahead. Say something. What do you got to say? <laughs> like Michelangelo always does with us. No, go ahead. Say it. Yeah, come on. Come
2: on. <laughs> It'll be fine.
1: <laughs> and, then, and then the getting the name wrong was absolutely hilarious there at the
2: it's end. Ironic. Yeah. Unfortunate.
1: Oh, I, I like the Chris Wallace. I hope you come back earlier than in 13 years. Of course, in 13 years, uh, Biden will be well into his 90s. But um, uh, the fact that he hadn't done Fox... In 13 years, he hadn't done any of the shows up until, was it last weekend or the weekend before, he had done zero Sunday shows, Mm -hmm. even the ones that are favorable to Democrats, because he's he's a doddering old man who's likely to say something to do himself damage.
2: I apologize for that. And I think he is. At the same time, I read a piece that I found pretty compelling saying... He ought to come out and say, hey, listen, sometimes my words get garbled because I've been fighting a stutter since I was a little kid. And you go a little bigger on that. Hang a lantern on it, as they say. Number one, it'd be a nice move to stand up for kids who struggle with speech impediments. And number two, people would be less prone to thinking he's senile because he gets his words garbled because he's constantly trying still at his
3: age to control his stutter. I made that mistake early on before I learned that he was a lifelong stutterer recoverer. Yeah.
2: So I'm not I'm not taking glee like a lot of people are to the right of center in, in some of his, his garbles and the rest of it. I just let, let's talk about policy and well, okay. his actual mental acumen, which I don't think is great.
1: Yeah. Anything that's even close to stutter related, no, I'm not going to make fun of that. But the claiming you were arrested in South Africa helping out Nelson Mandela—that's not a stutter. Well, he's making up
2: a story. It kind of was. No, it kind of was. He said arrested. He meant molested or digested. He was digested. (laughs) No, it was ridiculous. He was briefly told by some cops, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, you can't be there. Hang on a second. We'll be right with you." And then, okay, now you can go. (laughs) He was very briefly detained. I can't believe everybody else in the story said what? No, we were never arrested. Well, (laughs) the New York Times said we got
1: nothing on that. You'd you'd think it'd make the news if. Well, South African police arrested a, a U.S. senator.
2: Well, and he was with Andrew Young, I believe, who was the U.N. ambassador at the time, former mayor of Atlanta, black man, who said, no, no, we didn't get uh, arrested. <laughs> so, I don't know.
0: I don't all know. right, Chuck. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Uh, it's Chris. I mean, but anyway. Chris, I just did Chris. I just did <laughs> Chris. <I> just did <laughs> no, no.
2: I, I, I just did Chuck. All right. Well, he did. He did a bunch of the he Sunday shows back of, to he back. He did every one of them. Right. So, Listen. Listen, this is elder abuse. He's a nice old fella. Deserves a quiet retirement. <laughs> you know, the one thing
1: I did in uh, in uh, Joe Biden or any other candidates to be on their side, Chris Wallace and every other... I, I only watched like one and a half of these little snippets, but all they ask is about the polling numbers. Oh, I know. If I, was a, I don't understand why the candidates don't respond this way. Look... I'll let you guys talk about the polls. Ask me any question about policy. My policy on coronavirus versus Trump's or Bernie's right. or the economy or jobs or guns. I'm happy to t- I'll answer all your questions, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to discuss the why this poll's this or that. Yeah, I know. Why, why doesn't Biden say that? Why doesn't Bernie say
2: that? You have the candidate on. And the only thing you ask about is the horse race stuff. It just To me, that's just so lazy and dumb. And you forget what you're there for as a journalist. What are we
1: trying to accomplish as voters? What are we trying to learn?
2: Yeah. It's just weird. Of course, journalism is terrible these days, Jack. I don't know if you've noticed it. And you remember Nick Sandman, Covington Catholic High School? Well, he and his attorneys, having made CNN squeal like a pig, um, have uh, expanded their lawsuits. They're now going against Gannett, ABC, CBS, The New York Times, and The Rolling Stone. CNN settled. I think the Washington Post thing is still outstanding.
1: It's hot, huge numbers too.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's seeking hundreds of millions of dollars just to, to to you know bring the hammer down on them. But his lawyers are claiming that all of the uh, defendants lit, listed above have published or republished statements made by Nathan Phillips and others that Nicholas blocked or otherwise restricted his free movement, uh, et cetera. Um, and and subjected him to, uh, you know, slander and libel and all sorts of terrible things. And so they're going to sue everybody. Uh, I wish them well, because it was wildly, wildly irresponsible. I can't tell you I remember the coverage on all those outlets um, and whether they were all as horrifying as CNN's. But have,
1: s- have you ever seen a more punchable face about a high school kid?
2: Yes, yeah, CNN was absolutely, actionably... Uh, irresponsible and slanderous, so good. Good for kicking them. You know, ironically, Fareed Zakaria, who does one of the more, if not the most, intelligent show on CNN, though I frequently disagree with him, uh, has written an absolutely fabulous piece entitled Bernie Sanders' Scandinavian Fantasy that I'd like to share with you a little bit later on this hour.
1: Yeah, I've I've read some of that stuff, and it's really interesting. Um, You just used the phrase, squeal like a pig. Were you referencing... Uh, the movie Deliverance?
2: oh uh, no, just hogs and the okay. noises they make. Okay.
1: Because yeah. I heard somebody use that the other day, and it was uh, worded in such a way I think they were referencing the movie Deliverance, and I'm not really comfortable with the mainstreaming of that over the years. I don't know how many people have seen that scene from that famous movie, but it's a, it's pretty horrific. It's a rape scene. Yeah, and it's yeah. A really, yeah, it's a horrifying uh, rape uh, scene. Of the worst kind. I mean, yes. it's just, it's, yeah.
2: No, I just meant the noise a pig makes. Um, uh, by the way, I, I have a friend. He's a really quite an interesting guy, uh, and and he he uses this expression occasionally when somebody's getting greedy, and it is as follows: Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that sounds really sage and wise. But I don't quite.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think Pigs about it a little longer. Pigs get fat,
2: Jack. Hogs get slaughtered you're a farm guy. Um, Isn't a pig a hog, or is a hog a pig? Is that an interchangeable term? They're all chickens. I don't know. How do you you differentiate between a pig and a hog? I don't know what's going on there. Huh.
1: Uh, Also, we'll get to this story about this high school student who got the blue check mark on Twitter as a verified account pretending to be a Republican candidate for
3: Congress. (laughs) A 17-year-old high school kid. Created a fake account. Got it verified, did it out of yeah. whole cloth over Christmas break. I'll,
1: I'll give you some of the details just, just to get you an idea of how good Twitter is at digging up what is Russian interference and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Not real good yet. Not their fault. Oh. I mean, what are they supposed to do? But
2: I don't expect them to do anything, honestly. Just let people tweet their bull ass.
1: (laughs) You're on the let people figure it out on their own side of this?
2: Yeah, because every time these tech billionaires have tried to get it right, they screw it up worse than it was. I I have zero regard for their ability to censor in a way that I would be fine with.
1: How about the huge fines AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon, that covers all of them, got for selling your information in the way that they weren't supposed to? Mm. All that on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Armstrong and Getty The Armstrong and Getty Show Joe Biden, you look different. <laughs> Now, here's an honest-to-goodness true story based loosely on fake events. The year was 19 ricky-ticky-tabby. And me and Nelson Mandela were palling around South Africa green book style. We have one elephant between us, and who do we run into but the Ebola monkey? And weird story longer, I wrestled that sucker to mercy. Beep, bop, bip. That's how I convinced Mandela that Whitey was okay. Wow.
0: Wow! I
1: have heard that so many times. I still think it's funny because uh, it's you know it's obviously written to be funny, but it's pretty similar to the way Biden <laughs> off.
2: I wrestled him to mercy. <laughs> what? <laughs> a,
0: uh, oh, give me a break! God love him.
1: Uh, so we've been trying to get the blue check mark on our Twitter account. We have a sad twenty six thousand followers. Um, I wish we had more.
3: Verify the, that. I think it's grown. The number being sad, not the individual followers you have. <laughs> they might all be sad. sad. Nor our tone on Twitter. It's quite cheerful.
1: I think our Twitter account's pretty good. I'm surprised we don't have more followers. That's eh, all
2: right. Um I'm me too. Yeah, you're right. Twenty six and a half thousand. It's pathetic. <laughs> but having the having the blue. <laughs> if we had bigger boobs, we'd have more followers.
1: <laughs> Although I did get a hundred responses on my dunk video. Orange. <laughs> My favorite, Your Kobe tribute? Yeah, my Kobe tribute. My favorite response to my Kobe tribute dunk video was, that's the most redneck thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's response was that, whoa, so a guy can't dunk a basketball next to a corrugated shed in cowboy boots and not be called redneck in your world? Anyway.
2: Eh, that's funny.
1: Um, we want to get the blue check mark, and Hanson, our executive producer, has been looking into it. And they and the program's been suspended for quite some time. That's oh, the when the blue
2: check program.
1: That's yeah. when they verify accounts. If you see a Twitter account that's got a blue check mark, you know that's actually, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a problem with celebrities, particularly. You know that's actually. Whoever. brad pitt yeah and not somebody who just calls himself brad pitt
2: yeah brad pitt with three t's who tweets all sorts of ridiculous and slanderous
3: stuff and has the same picture of the real brad twit as his avatar or whatever exactly yeah
1: so we've been trying to get the blue check mark and this might be the reason they suspended the program a 17 year old high school student was able to convince twitter to verify his account and give him the blue check mark that he created as a fake republican candidate for congress he did this while he was bored over Christmas vacation. <laughs> um, they haven't named who it was because he's, he's underage, but he told CNN he was bored over uh, Christmas vacation, and he'd heard about the Russian meddling in the 2016 elections, and he wanted to see if that he could uh, get past Twitter's integrity efforts. Took him 20 minutes to create a website for the imaginary candidate, then another five minutes to make a Twitter account for him. For the candidates, picture the teen took an image created by artificial intelligence from the website, This Person Does Not Exist.
2: I'm unaware of that. Huh. This kid's pretty hip to uh, computers.
1: Yeah. Then the teen had his fake candidate listed on Ballotpedia, which is a website that aims to be an online encyclopedia for American political candidates. And the teen told CNN that. Can ba- I
2: hire this kid
1: right now? The, the the kid told CNN that Ballotpedia didn't ask for any proof that congressional candidate Andrew Walls actually existed. So that's how a lot of this stuff works. You need to find in the in the in the string of credibility, you need to find which one's got the lowest standards. And once you get on that one, then you're up and running.
3: Yeah, and Twitter ah. had a long-standing kind of not maybe not official, but a partnership with Ballotpedia where they would use them to verify candidates. So as soon as he infiltrated Ballotpedia got this guy on there.
1: Infiltrated is a good word. It sounds like he just asked right. Ballotpedia went there, yeah,
3: whatever. Policy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Twitter just looked at that. Well, it's on Ballotpedia. And That's then, good enough for us. And
1: then they probably googled and said, oh, "Okay, he's got a website. Yeah. It's on Ballotpedia. That's good Looks enough." Looks
3: legit to
2: me. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're Andrew up and you're Walls up and running. So in in terms of
1: stopping Russians from infiltrating our, you know, our, our discourse, obviously we got no hope just fine, you
2: know. Right, yeah. We'll be all right. Yeah, like I said, every effort to fix the problem, the cure has been worse than the disease to me. Yeah. All sorts of overreach, censoring things just because you don't disagree, or just because you don't agree with them. I just, I don't trust Silicon Valley to do this. Particularly because they don't employ you know, people with uh, balanced perspectives and life experiences, about. It's a bunch of twenty-three-year-olds on skateboards who are supposed to go through political stuff and decide which I should see and which I I shouldn't. It's no good. It's no good. Forget it. Uh, oh, coming up, Bernie's Scandinavian fantasy. Oh, I do want to. I you you want to get buy
1: people for Zakaria. Yeah, I want to get more into that. That that's pretty. I that's one great thing that's coming out of this uh, campaign and the whole Bernie thing. There's definitely more of a conversation going on about socialism. Okay, what, what worked and didn't work under Fidel Castro? Turns out, like, nothing worked. Um, uh, how about all these various countries that have tried socialism? What's the real history of China? All this stuff, this is good
2: stuff. Uh, yeah, I think it's a conversation worth having. I'm just afraid that the slogans and the feel-good stuff are going to win the day because the, the the arguments that take a few minutes to noodle through, people just, they won't take the time. Or in the case of dumb people, present company not a, you know included obviously, but they can't grok it anyway. So we're wasting our time, and it scares me. Um, but I don't know. I guess all we can do is uh, fight it.
1: Super Tuesday is tomorrow, and Bloomberg currently is not polling high enough to get any delegates out of the two biggest states, Texas or California. He has to get out tomorrow night if that happens.
2: Yeah, Doesn't he? and that might even be too late to stop the Bernie train if Bernie does pretty well. If 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 only Bernie and Biden get over the fifteen percent threshold, which Bernie is possible, whoops up on him. I think he gets like three hundred delegates. Yeah, from California. Yeah, and if several people get fifteen percent, then it'll be pretty uh, evenly distributed. But
1: Bernie is going to win California. It's just a question by how much. But Biden could win Texas. Um, oh, and that that'd be pretty exciting. The they. <laughs> They each win the two biggest states. I mean, it's a full-on two-man battle at that point.
4: The Armstrong and Getty Show. There
3: must be some kind of... The
0: Democrats want a nominee who's a Democrat.
3: Obama Biden Democrat.
4: Yeah. Well, join us.
1: That was the most excited Biden crowd I've ever heard. Yeah. And uh, and probably the best speech I've ever heard him give. And but I still don't understand why he and the other anti Bernie candidates don't put a finer point on it. Why they don't just don't come out and say we can't have a guy who spent his whole life preaching socialism beat the top of our ticket here's why
2: i think they want it both ways because, i think they want to assert their candidacy and not offend all of, of
3: bernie's young legion of fans Yeah, probably it, just to paint a broad brush with it like that and just say socialist socialism kind of pulls pretty well right but, now
1: especially with the crowd they need for the democratic right. primary yeah that's got to be the case
2: well and it's it's discouraging folks the more you look at uh, democracy or you know a republic um the The more you realize politics is really kind of dumb. you're just trying to frighten the herd one way or the other, frighten them or, or tempt them and and you wish it was more than that because I mean you read you know the great philosophers or whatever a really great speech, and you think wow this is this is about ideas and and thinking and loving your country And now it's mostly about frightening the herd but <laughs> anyway, I'm a cynical man. don't hang around me or it'll rub off on you. <laughs> I will tell you this, partly out of desire to, well, I don't know, Uh, we have both been saying a lot of this stuff for a long time, but for Fareed Zakaria, who's a commentator, a writer, a thinker, he's a host on CNN these days, he joined up on CNN, they wrote him a big check before CNN was entirely the humiliating piece of garbage that it is right now. He's like Jake Tapper. He got dragged over when it still had a little gravitas. But anyway, he wrote this. He actually delivered this online, his, um, his GPS with Fareed Zakaria show. But then it was printed as an editorial in the Washington Post. And the title is Bernie Sanders Scandinavian Fantasy. And if you know Fareed, he is no right winger. Not at all. But I'm going to read you part of it. Um... <clears throat> This is excellent. Bernie Sanders says his proposals, quote, are not radical, pointing again and again to countries in northern Europe like Denmark, Sweden, and Norway as examples of the kind of economic system he wants to bring to the United States. The image he conjures up is of a warm and fuzzy social democracy in which market economics are kept on a tight leash through regulation. The rich are heavily taxed, and the social safety net is generous. That, however, is inaccurate and a highly misleading description of those northern European countries today. Wait a minute, you're saying to yourselves, I kind of assumed that Bernie was at least kind of had something to point to.
1: Well, let's go on. This seems like something I'd read in National Review,
2: not in, from Farid Zakaria. Printed in the Washington Post, right. Take billionaires. Sanders has been clear on the topic. Billionaires should not exist. But Sweden and Norway both have more billionaires per capita than the United States. Sweden, almost twice as many. Not only Sweden that, has twice as many
1: billionaires per capita as the United States. Correct.
2: That's incredible. Not only that, these billionaires are able to pass on to their wealth to their children tax-free. Whoa. Inheritance taxes in Sweden and Norway are zero. In Denmark, 15 percent. The United States, by contrast, has the fourth highest estate tax in the industrialized world at 40%. Which I think is unconscionable. Yeah, we're already way harder on billionaires than these social democracy European countries. Sanders' vision of Scandinavian countries... As with much of his ideology, seems to be stuck in the 1960s and 1970s, a period when these countries were indeed pioneers in creating a social market economy.
1: God, I wish this article was coming out in June with Bernie already, the candidate.
2: Well, I'm going to hammer it like once a day for the next six months, so we'll see if that does any good.
1: Um, I'm afraid he's not going to get the candidacy I'm afraid everybody's waking up to this But anyway, back to your article
2: In the 60s and 70s, blah 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 Uh, In Sweden, government spending As a percentage of gross domestic product Doubled from 1960 to 1980 Going from approximately 30 to 60% This is almost exactly what Bernie is suggesting Some of his plans would gobble up the entire uh, American budget We'd have to double it So it'd be 50%, right? Listen to this from Farid Zakaria As Swedish commentator Johan Norberg points out, this experiment in Sanders-style democratic socialism tanked the Swedish economy. Between 1970 and 1995, he notes, Sweden did not create a net single new job in the private sector. Not one in 25 years. That almost seems impossible. I know it. In 1991, a free market prime minister, Carl Bildt, initiated a series of reforms to kickstart the economy. By the mid-2000s, Sweden had cut the size of its government by a third and emerged from its long economic slump. Versions of this problem in these market reforms took place all over northern Europe, creating what is now called the security Model. Uh, flexible labor markets with a strong and generous safety net. So they're probably farther along the government spending route than I would want them to be, but they're nowhere near what Bernie says they are. Moving along. <clears throat> In addition, uh, they stressed countries such as Denmark had to stay extremely open, erecting no barriers to free trade to gain markets uh, abroad, keep their local companies competitive. When looking across northern Europe today, one finds many innovative market-friendly policies such as educational vouchers. Wow, wait a minute. school choice. Are you kidding me? Healthcare deductibles and co-pays and a light regulatory burden. None of these countries he shouts so everybody hears it has a minimum wage. Oh really? What?
1: Now that's something.
2: Of course not. How, how I, I don't
1: understand. There's so much money washing around in these campaigns you got millions and millions of dollars you don't have anybody on your staff that's dug up this information and you can lay that on bernie in a in a debate i think they think it's too complicated to I, say I, they don't trust the voters sweden doesn't even have a minimum wage
2: right yeah. i'm sorry i just didn't know i agree with you and i hope you're right I, I fear you're not but i hope you are listen to this would you? this just keeps getting crazier and crazier It's true these countries have a generous safety net, and in order to fund it, high taxes. What's not often pointed out, Zakaria writes, though, is that in order to raise enough revenue, these taxes fall disproportionately on the poor, middle, and upper middle class. Denmark has one of the highest top income tax rates in the uh, OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, 56 percent but Oof. that rate is applied oh my God listen to this though here's how these countries make it work and you decide if you want that in your country mr and Mrs America that rate is applied to anyone making 1.3 times the national income the average national income so listen to this in the United States that would mean any income above 65 thousand dollars
1: you make it's- 70 grand a year you're paying 54 percent 56. The- to the federal government. For any dollar above that. That's right.
2: As of $56,000 or $65,000, any incentive to create more wealth or innovate or grow your family's finances are just, they're removed. The government takes almost two-thirds of it. In fact, the highest tax rate in the U.S., 43.7%, applies to income that is 9.3 times the national average, which means that only those with incomes over $500,000 pay this rate. The United States has one of the most progressive income tax systems in the world, particularly compared to these other countries. They also don't matter. They don't mention that in order to finance these great social programs, Bernie's always talking about. Everybody pays a sales tax. It's a value-added tax of about twenty-five percent, twenty-five freaking percent on everything you buy. In addition to that, other tax. Right. Exactly. Wow. How do you have any money Hmm. left at all? Listen to this. You hear about how the U.S. the the rich don't pay their fair share. We need to be more like the social democracies of Europe. You're gonna think I'm making this stuff up. I'm not. It's true. The top 10% in the United States pay 45% of all income taxes. Now, that number is actually a little old, and that number has gone up. But we'll just go with the 2008 figures from the OECD. Top 10% pays 45% of all income taxes. In Denmark, the top percent pays half that, 26%. It's a little more than half. And in Sweden, 27%. Among wealthy countries, the average is 32%. The basic point worth underlining, because the American left seems largely unaware of it and has only become more true over the last decade, the U.S. has a significantly more progressive tax code than Europe, and its top 10% pays a vastly greater share of the country's taxes than their European counterparts. Is anybody going to get this information to Trump so he can use it on the debate stage? Good Lord. In other words, bringing the economic system of Denmark, Sweden, and Norway to the United States would mean embracing more flexible labor markets, lighter regulations, and a deeper commitment to free trade. It would mean a more generous set of social benefits to be paid for by taxes on the middle class and poor. If Sanders embraced all that, it would be radical indeed. So not only is Bernie's socialist utopia unachievable, but the very examples he points to don't exist. Those countries aren't doing what he says they're doing. He's making this stuff up.
1: How's Bloomberg not mention that on the stage? He's got to be aware of this.
2: No clue. No clue. Hmm. We will post that at armstrongandgetty.com. Send it to everyone you know.
1: That's really interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. uh,
1: And it helps that it came from the Washington Post and Fareed Zakaria. It helps a lot. If it were Jonah Goldberg at National Review, it wouldn't.
2: People would tend to roll their eyes and not read it. But, man, you got two lefty organizations going ahead and saying, hey, listen, this, this just doesn't exist.
1: Now, if I was Bernie, I'd say, of course, the Washington Post, owned by the world's richest man.
2: Corporate media billionaires.
1: The richest man in the world wants to stop me from raising his taxes.
2: Right. Right. Interesting stuff. Socialist utopias don't exist. They have never existed. They never will exist. It's tempting, but it's a unicorn. If you can successfully ride a unicorn to work tomorrow, you should vote for a socialist utopia.
4: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't want to dwell on politics, but uh, I dislike the Founding Fathers immensely. (laughs) They're a weird group of guys. I hate when people are like, God has never created such a great group of men as the Founding Fathers. Yeah, the 92 Bulls. The 92 Bulls were better. (laughs) than the founding fathers, the 96 bolts maybe. That's actually a perfect metaphor uh, for the United States. When I was a boy, the United States was like Michael Jordan in 1992. And now, the United States is like Michael Jordan now. (laughs) The founding fathers were dumb because they made the constitution and they numbered it and the order is weird. They sat down, they had a feather, they knew how to make a pen, they were just being jerks. uh, Amendment number one, freedom of speech, and freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion. Okay, that's one. How about two? You can have all the guns you want! (laughs) For two? like 17, 19, no, two, guns, all right, let's just put guns, he seems upset, all right, amendment number three, the army can't live in your house, (laughs) okay, buddy, I think you're going through your own thing in life right now, and uh, I feel for you, I think a soldier might be sleeping with your wife, and you want to grab a gun and kill him, and I feel for you, but that cannot affect the list, Uh, this is like a forever list. And uh, we haven't even gotten to basics, like morning time is when you eat breakfast, so <laughs> <laughs> put it down in writing.
1: <laughs> I thought that was funny. Clearly you're going through your own thing.
4: <laughs>
1: Some soldier's trying to sleep with your wife. and you can't d- live
3: in your house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh, John Mulaney from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I didn't appreciate his Second Amendment stuff as much, but that's just it's me. It's a joke. Um... Why are you looking up here? Joke's in your hand.
3: Wow. Wow. All right. You're proud of yourself, Joe? That that was a a bit much. uh, Question. Did that elevate the discussion? Hey, turn off both your mics. (laughs) That
2: is beneath everyone. The grown-ups are talking here, he says, ironically. So
1: tomorrow is super, from what I understand. It's a super Tuesday.
2: Every Tuesday is super to me, Jack, because it's another day to live and love.
1: And California and Texas are on the... Slate, two biggest states in the country. Bernie's gonna win California huge. Will Bloomberg get to fifteen percent and get any delegates? Will anybody get to fifteen percent and get any delegates? Bernie might get the biggest chunk you can get. Uh oh. In Texas, Biden might win. Either way, Bloomberg's gotta get out. Tomorrow night he's gonna give a concession speech, I think.
0: Mm.
1: Or or some sort of speech where he says, I will throw all my money behind whoever the candidate
2: is. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it's almost certainly Joe Biden. Well, I tell you this. Maybe you swing the other way. You don't care about the Democrats or you're not going to vote for them. Show up to vote. I don't care where you live. I guarantee there are down ticket races. There are propositions. There are bond measures, whatever. And you want your voice to be heard. We get too fixated on the president uh, these days. Oh, no doubt. Um, and and Listen. Putting a vote during a primary is a strategy. It's because they know voter turnout's lower, and they know, for instance, in a blue state, turnout among Democrats is going to be a lot higher because the presidential thing is on the line. So they're trying to sneak crap by you, thinking you, if you're a conservative leaning, are not going to show up. So you got to show up.
3: Show up and vote. You think that's a deliberate strategy? Of, oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a Dem primary, so we're going to put the Dem-friendly propositions on the 100%. Yeah. Interesting. The Republicans
2: tried to do that a while back um, when Obama was the uh, incumbent. And I know in Cal Unicornia, they wouldn't let him because they knew what they were doing. So they said, no, 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 it's going to be in the general, the general election. Uh, you know, in Texas, I'm sure it's, uh, you know, similar on the other side. But yeah, if you live in a blue state and you're a Republican or Libertarian or, or unaffiliated, but you lean right, for God's sake, show up and vote tomorrow.
1: Yeah. We do have to get away from this idea that there's one election that matters in one office the presidency. It's
2: crazy. Final thoughts with Yeah.
1: Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty.
2: Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Michelangelo presses buttons in the control room. He keeps us on the air. Michael, final thought?
4: You know, I may break down and try the KFC donut and chicken sandwich. I'm going to wear a disguise, though, when I order it so that nobody recognizes yeah,
1: me. I, I can't believe I was at KFC yesterday and didn't buy one just to tweet it out and try it. I'll bet it's good. <sighs>
3: good in what way delicious in that way positive Sean final thought for us yes uh, Saw some fantastic stand-up comedy over the weekend I will give you this piece of advice if you are going to comedy clubs to see stand-up comedy and you have the option between seeing the early show and the late show Go see the late show. It gives the performer the opportunity to go long should they want to. I got an extra, like, 30 minutes of excellent stand-up just because it was the late show. And it was a good crowd. He was able to just go on. He just kept firing off jokes.
1: Did you have to put your phones in a case or anything like that?
3: No, only no. certain really big people do that. Mm. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us?
1: Jeez, I don't know if I got a final thought. I might be completely spent. I have not one more thought in my head. Yeah, I've had days like that. I'm running home. My son's getting a medical procedure today, so I'm running home here in like two minutes. Mm -hmm. Thoughts Uh, are elsewhere. That that
2: could be it. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As so often, uh, over the weekend, the headlines in my house were entirely personal. And we try to remember that when we're doing the show, that y'all aren't constantly obsessed with politics every single second of the day. That's not a healthy way to live your life anyway, honestly. And politics was never meant to be a dominating factor in your life in this country. You're supposed to run into the government only rarely and when it was necessary. Just remember that.
1: Well, that's the advantage of having a show that you like and trust or like and trust or whatever um, uh, that will give you, you know, what are the headlines from the weekend? Because people are living their lives. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour
2: workday. So many beautiful things. So little time to go to armstrongandgetty.com Jack's epic tribute to Kobe is there. All of our podcasts are downloadable at armstrongandgetty.com The articles we referred to, the clicks they are there. You can email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com We will see you tomorrow on Super Tuesday
1: God bless America
4: We'll see who's sleepy. Armstrong and Getty.